When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Goodwin. This is Jeff Schwartz. Smart you, powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. No intro needed, no rundown needed, everyone. Chiefs have won the Super Bowl again. Second time in four seasons, they defeated the Eagles 38-35. And what was a wonderful game, punch, counterpunch. It was great. It was fantastic. It was exactly what we needed. The two best teams in the NFL played a fantastic game. Um, very little errors, very little mistakes, clean football. We'll get into, you know, the refereeing. It, it kind of ruined the end of the game. I get all that, but it's not why anyone won or lost the game. Gabe, it was, um, I think, a great showcase of the best talent in the National Football League. And in the end, the team with the best player won the championship. I mean, do we need the rest of the podcast? You just said all the stuff. That was That's exactly right, except I think you're discounting uh, a few counties around Philadelphia that would completely disagree with almost, almost everything you just said. You blew right past the one thing they're all obsessing over, which was the penalty that changed the final minute and a half of the game. And while I don't think that it's what decided the game, a lot of people are given, uh, a lot of memes are being dedicated to old Carl Sheffers and uh, the crew. So, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be mostly a celebration of Pat and the Chiefs, but if you want to unpack that. Sure. Sure. Look, okay. So here's the question, okay, Gabe. Um, by the way, Carl Jeffers, who like throws a ton of penalties, stayed out of the mostly the entire game. Okay. So that, that becomes the question, right? So if they stay out of the game, is this the appropriate time to call the penalty? He was grabbed. Okay. He was grabbed. Now we can argue whether or not that was enough to call penalty in that moment. We can argue whether or not they should have let it go. We can argue whether or not it would have mattered on the play. James Bradbury, the Eagles cornerback, said, I grabbed him. We all saw him grab him. For some reason, Fox had some bad replays. It wasn't great early on, but it's very clearly Juju went in 
right? He went in and came back out. And as he came back out, Bradbury grabbed him, kind of hugged him close to him to kind of stay close. And it really wasn't that much of a grab. I'm with you. I am team less penalties, right? And they had not called that all game. They, there was one earlier, I, I think on Juju as well, very clearly pass interference. Just didn't call it. If you don't want to call it all game, then maybe don't call the situation. But if you're an official and you're watching that play right there, you see Bradbury reach out and grab the receiver. Like, I don't know what you want him to do. Like, that was as plain as can be. But I get it. It ruined the end of the game. The game was going so great. It was 35-35. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pat Mahomes just had, I think that's the longest quarterback run of Super Bowl history, which is odd because Jalen Hurts had one, I think just one yard shorter earlier in the game. I was kind of surprised by that. But Pat takes off down the field, and now it's third and eight-ish, I believe. A little less than, than two minutes left. Third down, incomplete pass. Chiefs would have kicked a field goal, made the field goal. I think the Eagles had one timeout left. We need to get in a field goal range. Like there's so much that would have happened that last minute, 45 seconds. I think it was about a minute 45. So much would have happened, Gabe, right? We were robbed of that. Absolutely robbed of that. Chiefs, you know, wind the clock down, kick a field goal, and win the game. Robbed of a great ending. So look, it's up to you to decide if you think that penalty in that moment should be called or not. I don't know. But he did grab him. I'm team no penalties. I very clearly said no penalties. No, they didn't call one holding on one on either offensive line all night. Great. Carl Jeffers, by the way, calls a ton of penalties. Like this was great, man. Like his, I know it's an all-star crew, so it's not really his crew. But otherwise, Gabe, the refs stayed out of this game, man. Like it was great. They didn't, it was like no talk about the officiating until the final moment of the game, which again, the NFL um maybe distracted everyone from how bad the turf was. You can't play an NFL game on that turf, period, let alone the Super Bowl. I'm watching the film back this morning. It's not fair to the players on either side. Like, the Eagles' pass rushers could not rush the passer. The Chiefs' offensive line played well, and we'll talk about that. But the field was atrocious. They kept slipping. Supposedly, they switched cleats, and Jalen Hurts had mentioned that, at least, I think, at halftime, they may mention that as well. Like, you can't have a field that you spend $800,000 for, specifically for this game. It was like a, a golf blend of grass. I Just get it right, man. How about less logos and just get the field right? The field has been bad, by the way, at this stadium for years. It was bad all the way back. Uh, and even Scott Van Pelt mentioned this, the Oregon-Auburn game in 2010. Uh, like It's been bad for years at this stadium in these big games. You can't have this, man. You can't have this happen. You can't have us watching film today and being like, look how shitty the turf is. Get Hassan Reddick, rightfully so, complaining about it on social media. I get it, man. I get it. It's not fair. You want the Super Bowl. I always want the Super Bowl to be played, in my opinion, either in warm weather or a dome and a perfect ground. Like, I want everything to be perfect, Gabe. I want everything to be perfect for the big game. The New York one, they got lucky it wasn't snowing on that day. I want perfect weather. They should deserve to play in perfect conditions. It didn't happen. Again, the officiating, look, the Chiefs, the Chiefs in the second half, Gabe, got every single yard on offense except the kneel downs at the end. Like, that's the story of this game was the second half. So, look, yeah, again, the officiating, whatever, be angry about it. It happened. Okay, you gave me a few things to pull on here. So, fine, I'm good with putting aside the officiating. And by the way, our buddy Nick Wright mentioned, like, also, you know, the Chiefs had a touchdown called back on something that others might question. The Dallas Goder review could have gone the other way. I thought he, I thought he caught the ball. Yeah, okay. The point is like, there were a couple instances that if the chiefs lose the game, the chiefs fans get to go back and say, what about us? Like, this is how football works. So I'm with you. Let's less calls, the better. 
on this grass point, you're the guy who constantly talks about how we shouldn't be playing on turf, and big guys hate turf. Now you now you don't like grass. Which is it? No, I like grass, but it has to be better. Like you have to be better. Not play this game on turf then. Well, then we can't grow a perfect grass field in a freaking desert. I don't understand. Like, what do people want? Like, we're gonna spend a, a million dollars on a football field to grow grass in a desert. That doesn't please people. The turf doesn't please people. The cold doesn't please people. What what the hell? It's just a football game. Deal with the conditions. It is fair. Everyone has the same conditions. I get it. The Chiefs have to play in these conditions too. I'm just saying that in this game, they shouldn't have these poor conditions. Sure. I mean, they shouldn't, but they do because we're trying to grow grass where it's 120 degrees with pure, with no shade. <laughs> I agree. All right, let's get back to football. Pat was brilliant. Let's talk about Pat as long as we can go here because he's now like the comeback king as far as Super Bowls go. I know people want to say Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes has had a couple chances now, and he's been brilliant every time. Um, the double-digit comeback, some of us could have predicted it at halftime. What did he do right? What did they do right schematically? What do coaches deserve credit for? Get nerdy here because I think there's some really interesting stuff that I'm starting to see as we get 24 and 36 hours after the game. Yeah, so the first half, the Chiefs didn't have the ball. Yeah. There was a point, I think when the game was 27-21, the Eagles had 60 plays, the Chiefs had 31. The Eagles had 44 plays at halftime to the Chiefs, like 20 plays at halftime. The Chiefs just didn't have the ball in the first half. In the second half, they had the ball. And this was like the Andy Reid masterpiece game and of course you give credit to Eric Bieniemy, give credit to Andy Heck the offensive line coach but this was the game man this was the game that we all imagined Andy Reid would call and he did it so let's start the first half I, I watched the first two drives intently so far and we talk about different ways to attack a pass rush right and one of them is just giving guys different looks so on the first 12 plays the first two drives of this game the Chiefs had 12 plays. Hassan Reddick, number seven, is the Eagles' big sack guy, right? He just, he just killed Brock Purdy. Like, we got to watch him. They attacked him 10 different ways in the first 12 plays. They gave him 10 different looks, whether it was Juju Smith-Schuster on the first play, motioning and blocking him, whether it was starting a tight end on one side, coming across to cut him, whether it was a fly motion in his face, whether it was a screen in his face, whether it was a double team, whether it was just a one-on-one block. They did 10 different things in the first 12 plays. So you keep them guessing, right? And they did it all game. They just kind of kept them guessing. Also, a very important thing too, we talked about this entering the game. The Chiefs are very good, best in the NFL on first and second down, most often first down. If you keep yourself in that pace of being good on first down, that keeps third and, and manageable typically. When the Chiefs were in third and long, didn't happen very long, only eight third downs all game, and most of them weren't that long. When they were like in third and eight plus, the Eagles were roaring, man. The Eagles were, were rushing the passer well. They, they got to Mahomes, they hit Mahomes, but they were in that situation but like three times, Gabe. And mostly it was at the end of the first half. And the second half, the Chiefs offense just came out and pounded them, running the ball. Like the run game, and I have talked, come on here and talked about this. To me, the run game at times is pretty boring. Not this game. The Chiefs came out with a run game, diverse, unique, and they came out to make a point, man. And, and the Chiefs offensive line doesn't always play like this, but when they do, they're incredible. They did the Tampa this year. They did the 49ers this year. They came out and said, we are going to bully the opposing defensive line. We're going to make it our mission to make them pay. And they did this the entire game. And so you, you kind of, you put this all together in a package and put it on the field and that's what you get. Now, 
the adjustments, right? And everyone's talking about this. It's not like a surprise. I'm not springing this on anyone that hasn't been on social media. The second half, the Chiefs found something that kind of they unlocked, right? And it was on film. They took it from Jacksonville, where when you bring that kind of short motion in, as the Chiefs do, when they kind of go from the furthest guy outside on wide receiver, they motion him in. The Eagles' defense gets a little confused. Sometimes they want to switch it off if they're in man coverage. And sometimes if they're in zone coverage, they it's called spin the safety. So they take one safety that's high, put them down, one safety goes back. The Chiefs figured out they kind of do it maybe a little bit too early. And if you run that motion just past the second wide receiver and they start to make that switch and you snap the ball and then you run the wide receiver back where he came from, the Eagles are just so discombobulated on defense. And they just kept calling it. They kept calling the same thing over and over again. And the Eagles had no answer for that. And so the Eagles defensively this season were pretty predictable, but they got ahead in a lot of games, Gabe. And they got, they were allowed to rush the passer and they were allowed to do what they do because guess what? No one was able to challenge them except a couple games this season. And the Chiefs in the second half put their foot down. They challenged them. They were in third and short. They found something and the Eagles just didn't have an answer. And this is the thing about playing like an Andy Reid team. The Chiefs are going to watch every single play. They're going to find a weakness. And, and, and this is a good lesson for young defensive coordinator in Gannon. You have to know. They're going to watch you. Like, they're going to see if you have one weakness. They're going to find it. They have everything in the playbook, man. And go back to halftime adjustments. So this is a big storyline running. Right? The Chiefs made halftime adjustments. They just said, we're going to run this play that we have in. We're just going to run this version of it. They didn't like go, oh, we're going to draw this play. They just they're like, okay, well, we see when they do this. Let's do something else now. That's it. Like 30 second discussion in the locker room. That's it. And they went out and did it. So people want to do this discredit Pat Mahomes thing where, oh, well, he he only had this many yards. Guys, he, he had one incompletion in the second half. He was 13 to 14. It was a throwaway. One ball the entire game hit a defender's hands. I think it was that little dump-off pass on third down on the second drive before the missed field goal. He was great. Yeah. He was a fantastic. And we had to run. He had to run. Andy Reid, his masterpiece. Eric Bieniemy, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach. All those guys, the Chiefs' offensive line, they said it afterwards. They heard all week about the Eagles' offensive line, the Eagles' defensive line. And look, the thing about the fun part about watching film, Gabe, and this is a saying that we, that we use all the time, it's never as good or never it's bad when you watch a film, right? And, and, and when you watch it back, the pass protection, not as good as it looked on TV, but it's still really good. And then, of course, the bad's never typically as bad. That's kind of the way that works. When I was playing, I'm like, oh, man. That play is going to be so bad on film. I can't, I just, I don't want to watch it. You watch it, you're like, ah, it's not that bad. The Chiefs just kind of showed that championship medal, but I don't want to take away from what Jalen Hurts did because Jalen Hurts was incredible in this game. I don't think I was a, I wasn't a hater of Jalen Hurts. I don't know if I had a strong opinion about him either way, but dude crushed it, man. He played really, really good football. And I hope the end of the game and what Mahomes did and what Andy Reid did in the Eagles defense doesn't take away from how good Jalen Hurts played. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I hope that Jalen Hurts wins the championship somewhere other than Philadelphia one day because I don't think they deserve it. But th there's nothing really bad to say about him except for, of course, for the fumble. And that gets me to this question. Like, you're right, Pat played basically a perfect second half and a damn good game. Deserved the MVP. But isn't it also interesting that you know, a few of the things that always seem to go right for, let's just say it, Tom Brady, went right for Pat this time. Defensive score, 
Huge special teams play where yes, the refs got involved. Okay, do you want to know why? Yeah, do you yeah. want to know why this is? Because people will say this, and you're right. The breaks go for good teams. Yeah. That's why. Because you, you play good football. The more good football you play, the more luck you make for yourself. If you're a good person, I sometimes think you get better luck in life. Not always true. It doesn't mean it always happens. But just like being a good person, I think that kind of goes your, goes your way in life. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's a terrible take, flaming on social media. I don't care. If you're a good football team, if you do the right things in, on the field, if you take care of the little details, if you focus on the things that are important on the field, you have the right players, you draft and develop, you put them in the right, in the right place for success. Typically, things will go in your direction, right? And just like in life, I think if you, it doesn't happen all the time, I get it. But if you, if you prepare and you put yourself in the right position and you have a little bit of luck, it can spark for you, right? That's what happens with good football teams. That's why shitty football teams with crappy owners typically stay shitty with crappy owners. Yeah. It, this is the way it is. Like, yeah, yes, you're right. Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball by himself. He wasn't touching that. Was Nick Bolton there in a way? Yeah, he was. But okay, it happened. Like, I don't know. They got lucky there. The penalty, sure. But guess what? Like, that happens to good football teams. I hate to go back to the penalty, but let's spend a minute there because I think you're making a point that I haven't heard anyone else make, and I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. My observation of that play was the second Pat let go of the ball that looked like it was supposed to be a fade into the corner to Juju. They went for the end zone. The second he let go, he knew the penalty had been committed and he was pointing. And that's because my dumb guy observation for you to correct was he threw to a spot that play is so precise that he threw to where juju will be if the play is run correctly. yes when juju wasn't there something got in his way hence the penalty correct the refs also intuitively know that pat is that precise that mechanical yeah but the ball the flag was thrown before the ball was close to landing but the, the ball was released based on like how that play is supposed to be drawn up right yes and it went to the perfect spot and he was nowhere near it and so pat knew something slowed him down hence the reason he believed there was a penalty the refs... I think... No? I, no? Okay. Yes and no. I think he saw the penalty come out. The ball was in the air and the flag got thrown. Yeah. My point is simply the refs know if the receiver's nowhere close to a ball that Patrick Mahomes throws, something happened here. Uh, Which is not the case with most quarterbacks in the league. Maybe, but the flag was thrown before the ref could see that, though. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, like I said, maybe I'm the dumb guy, but I just... I'm trying to echo your point, which is that great players who are composed who make life easy on the officials tend to get calls because they aren't constantly attracting negative attention. Right. Here's the thing too, though. You know, people say, well, the Chiefs offense doesn't get called for holding. And the Eagles offense doesn't get called for a false start and holding. Because they're good. Good players use good techniques. Like what, how surprising is this for people? Yeah. You know, I was listening to, to Colin Cowherton and he mentioned that Bill Belichick's teams used to wear gloves that match the color of the jersey they played. That can happen. I always wore white tape. And that was, you know, times I'd be like, oh, maybe I should wear black tape if I'm playing black. But I just was superstitious about it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great advantage, right? If I'm wearing black tape and playing someone with a black jersey versus wearing white tape playing someone with a white with a black jersey. It's very easy to see my hands. Little things like that, man. Like if you have all the details covered, every little thing covered. They typically go in your way. It just happened to go for the, the in the Chiefs' direction. But I just want to make it clear, like the Eagles, Jalen Hurts was so good. I was worried. I, I said entering this week in our preview show that as a Chiefs fan, I could live with Jalen Hurts 50-50 passes beating the Chiefs. And they for a good part of that game, they did. The, the touchdown to A.J. Brown, 
Goddard was great. The throws to Goddard were great. The Eagles' efficiency on fifth. Eagles had 18 third downs. 18 third downs. And I think three fourth downs, one of them was ended up being a false start, but they were two for two on fourth down. You know, someone asked me today, was I upset that about Jalen Hurts throwing for so many yards? I was like, no, that's just like great because the Chiefs defense did what I thought they should do, which is take away the run. Jalen Hurts ran the ball well in the first half, not in the second half, and the Eagles running backs did nothing all game. Like the Chiefs defense played, it's funny, give up 35 points. And you're like, yeah, you kind of played okay, I thought. Like I thought the Chiefs defense did okay, yeah. which is a weird thing to say. But Hurts, I thought, I think if you were on the fence about like, oh, should we pay Hurts? Absolutely. Like after this game, you're like, heck yeah, you pay Jalen Hurts. Dude's a stud. Yeah. No, he, he played a great game. And I think the Eagles will be back as a contender next year. One name that hasn't come up that's surprising so far, because, you know, other than Mahomes, I think he's the best player out there. We remembered as the best player out there. Uh, Travis Kelsey. He was the only other person I thought was a reasonable MVP pick. We talked about it last week when we were making picks for the game. Not a huge game statistically, but I have an idea that I want to run by you now that we've seen Travis play in so many huge spots. Is the new trend, it used to be get some super athlete who played some basketball at a high level, and then like he doesn't have a ton of football experience, but plug him in there and he'll, his athleticism will carry the day as a tight end. Is the new strategy going to be go get guys who were quarterbacks who understand everything about an offense, know exactly how every play works, and they're big enough, strong enough, fast enough, teach them how to play tight end in college at some point, and there's your new tight end model. Quarterbacks who convert to tight end. Uh, I, no, I, I think that Travis Kelsey is just a special player. That is something that you just can't coach or teach like he's just but don't you think all the time watching tape as the quarterback must help him you mean as a former quarterback yeah as a former quarterback doesn't it seem like he sees the field the way the quarterback does he sees what pat sees i think it's actually just working with pat all right i'm over two on my theories here goes the third try jeff we're hearing the word dynasty come up you might not be ready for it i'm going to read you something that uh, hank came across uh red tribe cinema clay wendler on, on twitter says the chief's dynasty is mirroring the 80s 49ers so far. 49ers win a Super Bowl in Montana's third year in the league. They don't win for the next two seasons, losing a heartbreaker in the conference championship along the way. They win another Lombardi in Montana's sixth season. Next, they go back to back. Is that the right comp more than a Brady or whoever else we might compare Pat to? Is it that 80s Niners team? This is not one of those debate shows, so I don't have to have a take on this. No, it's the best part about having my own podcast. I'm not on one of those debate shows. Do you know, by the way, speaking of that, I find myself like defending some guys on debate shows because people get like so worked up about the job of of opinionist on these shows. Yeah. I almost had to defend your guy, Bayless, this weekend because someone was like, well, Skip is just cringy out there. I'm like, because he never played football. There was that tweet from the football player that was like, you can't give opinions on sports unless you played football. And I was like, that sucks. And he's like, well, what about like Bayless? He gives an opinion on football. I'm like, so? This is job. Their job is to give their opinion on football. <laughs> Who cares if they played or not? This is the yeah. stupidest thing of all time. Uh, the easiest thing in the world is to just not watch. Yeah. Yet all the people who complain do watch and do memorize the takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been defending like, all those guys for my whole career. So... Nonetheless, um, look, I think you have to win three Super Bowls in, you know, five, eight-year stretch to be a dynasty. They're not there yet. They're on a good path, right? They're young at a lot of positions. The AFC's going to be hard. But look, the Bengals got to pay players. The Chargers got to pay their quarterback. 
The Bills are backsliding a little bit. Everyone's got to pay their quarterback. Jaguars got to pay their quarterback. Now everyone's got to pay. The Hurts has to be paid. The Chiefs are in a spot where they're sitting pretty good right now. They paid their quarterback. He does feel like he's on that Tom Brady take a little bit less track that the Tom was on to help help the team a little bit. There's it's so funny. There was talk about Andy Reid retiring. I was like, retire? Guys, Pat Mahomes is 27. He's like just entering his prime years. He's already at five times in the AFC Championship game, two Super Bowls, three appearances, like two MVPs. He hasn't entered his, his old, like his old man strength era yet. He's not even in his prime yet. Andrew, he's not retiring. He's not going to let anyone else coach Pat Mahomes in his prime. Get out of here with that. So, no, the dynasty stuff is silly to me. Like, yeah. they still got to win. If they win one in the next two years, I think that's where we're in the conversation, right? That's three and six years. And for football, I think we're, because then we, you know, if you look at like the dynasties, whether it's the Steelers, the Niners, the Cowboys, and then kind of the Patriots that had two separate dynasties uh, in really in, in a 20 year span, that's kind of, where they settled in as far as Super Bowls. All right, I'll buy all of that. I should also point out, I, I hate complimenting Tom Brady here, but when Tom Brady came into the league, he and others like him were like, you just like drink beer and like you're fine because you're a freak of nature athletically and you can do those kinds of things. Then Tom realized he wanted to keep doing yes. this and changed everything about the way he trained in his diet, and that's been well documented. Pat came into the league with that mindset. In his early 20s, he already treats his body the way Tom Brady had to by his 40s. And that, I think, talk about longevity. Like, we could be looking at Pat Mahomes playing quarterback till 50. No, we certainly can. And that is very different in, in the way that, you know, guys prepare now that when that when Tom first got in the NFL. Pat Mahomes is, you know, he's getting a little injury. Like, he's getting a couple, every year he's kind of stacking up like an ankle, uh, uh, another ankle, a knee, like this. It, it's a little... So not worrisome for me, but there's kind of like a, kind of stacking up a tiny bit of these injuries, right, Gabe? Over the and then you've mentioned that before. Yeah, um, they're kind of stacking up a tiny bit. On you know, they're, they're they're not debilitating. They're not debilitating, but they're stacking up a tiny bit. I think to be a little worrisome. It's been a lot of love for the Chiefs, and uh, deservedly so. Can I go negative for a second here? Sure. And I'm about to reference the greatest athlete on the planet, in my opinion. But I'm worried that Pat might be getting a little bit of that that thing LeBron does, where in the moment where he gets injured and the cameras are on him, he looks like he's been mowed down by, you know, a whole army <laughs> worth of people. And and he's wincing and he's hobbling and he's doing all the things. He's on the sideline and it's very dramatic. And, he's doing, and then, oh, what do you know? Like, because he's so tough, he just doesn't feel pain for the next half. Or maybe... It wasn't that bad. Just play, dude. Like, with LeBron, we always say that kind of stuff. I think we might need to say that about Pat every now and then. Uh, I think in that moment, he was pretty hurt, but okay. Pat doesn't do it anywhere, anytime else, though. Like, he's not like LeBron's, like, flopping all over the place and just, like, it's a nonstop thing. It's just, it's only for Pat. Pat doesn't even complain about getting hit in the head or, like, getting tackled hard. It just with just with the ankle though. I feel like that's a little a little unfair with with Mahomes. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Another question then. You know, you mentioned the contract. Obviously, he's still like as much as he makes. Most people would agree he's like kind of going to be underpaid if if not now within the next few years as worse quarterbacks get bigger deals. At some point, maybe after he loses Travis Kelsey, whenever the nucleus of this team is no longer there, and he's just thirty something year old Pat trying to like schlep a bunch of other guys through Super Bowls. 
the I want to win, I'll do what it takes mentality might shift. It might be a new agent. It might just be yeah. totally outrageous for him to pass on money. Doesn't it worry you a little bit that one day he can just knock on the owner's door and say, pay me more? Sure. It worries me one day I could die from heart disease. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, Gabe. Sure. Sure. <laughs> like, All right. Like, okay. I'm just trying like, to get like, I'm trying to raise Sure. One brain, day yeah. he's going to go to Clark Hunt and be like, you know what? Pay me more money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got a question since yeah. bring up Clark Hunt. Now we're going to get into, uh, don't get canceled when I ask this question, Jeff. Well, no, don't. I know what you don't ask the question. Just don't. Do okay. It. Those are just friends and family up in the booth. That's who, that's who are in the box. That's who's there. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. That's great. That's great. I'm glad to see he's surrounded by lovely people. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> don't, I knew you don't, don't. Well, I had to, I had to, I had to have that conversation with my wife as well. They cut away to the owner's box a few times with the Chiefs, and I I went silent. I just leave it there. Is there anything left we need to say about the Eagles? This was obviously a great run for them. A well-constructed roster. Can they? I felt so bad for like for Jason Kelsey because I would hate to lose him to my brother. Mm. Yeah, that has to stink. For Jason, I mean, his comment afterwards was very poignant, and that's something I would tell my brother as well. I really like watching the Eagles play this year. I really like watching their offensive line play. Again, they deserve to be in this spot. They played really well offensively in this game, and who knows what the future holds with uh, with Jason and you know Lane battling through his injury. Again, Hurts played really well, and I hope this loss does diminish how, how well he played in this game. Eagles have like twenty five free agents. They're going to have to figure some things out with uh, how they've been this team back. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, spinning it forward uh, when we come back and do our over-under. Last question for me, then, that touches both teams. So, a couple receivers, you know, pretty big-name guys, especially A.J. Brown, but also Kadarius Tony, become real impact players in this game. Great players from each team all season long. Both, I think, would be considered great trades. I'm curious, though, to take this in a different direction. Do you think that receivers or just playmakers in general are going to sort of take the wrong message from this? That like being a drag on your current team gets you to go play for a contender because it keeps happening. It's those guys. It's Odell. Like I, I feel like there's beginning to be a model here in both the NBA and the NFL. Just whine enough. You stop being worth it to the team you're on. You get sent to a better team. You scared of that? I guess, but one guy in via tra- I mean, Kadarius Tony is was a bit piece for the Chiefs. He was big today, but he wasn't a big part of what they did. And I mean, most teams. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs, being proactive with that one. Obviously, Brown. No, but wasn't he a first round guy? I don't know. It just seems like it's a lot of Kevin Durant mentality. Like, ah, eh, I'm not on the best team. I might as well just be miserable until I get to be on the best team. Just a little scary for me. Yeah, I don't know if it matters though. Okay, I can't get you to take the bait. I'm trying to gaslight you over and over. You just won't go for it. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll move on. We'll look forward to next season with a whole bunch of predictions. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. Mm. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Jeff, we're back. It's time to move the line. The, uh, the early odds are out. These are courtesy of FanDuel, I believe. Um, there's a one really funny thing here in the favorites for next year. So obviously the Chiefs open as, as the favorite. That makes sense. 
The Eagles are the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. Then the Bengals and the Niners. Here come the Cowboys, the Ravens. It gets debatable after that. Number two, somehow, after everything we saw at the end of this season, number two, holding strong, they're still the Buffalo Bills. Is Vegas or these betting apps just trying to take advantage of foolish people who think the Bills are for real? So we have to to kind of piece out two things here, right? Like we have to piece out the the idea of what the books are trying to do, right? And they're trying to they're trying to make money. So they're trying to take equal money, right? And not get hosed either way. Just take that idea out of it. Take the odds for what they are, okay? I don't need to be added by some random guy who has like, you know, plus EV in his profile and his betting record, okay? Um, to explain how this works. Yes, they're disrespecting the Bengals. The Bills are going backwards. Three years ago, the Bills were in the AFC Championship game. Then they lost the division around in overtime to the Chiefs. They lost the division around at home to the Bengals by 17 points. They're going backwards. The Bengals are going upwards. I don't know why, man. It makes no sense. Well, okay. So we're going to say over under 90% chance the Chiefs still have the best odds by week one next year. Nothing major is going to change in the offseason to disrupt them. I wanted to talk Bills, but I'm now asking you about the Chiefs. Chiefs are the favorite. They will be the favorite. Yeah, there's not, that's not going to change. Yeah, unless, all the unless... other silly stuff we're going to talk about all offseason isn't going to change that. No, Chiefs will be the favorite, yeah. All right, fair I enough. I mean, unless, unless, like, the Eagles, I don't know. I don't even know who they could, they could add where you're like, that puts them ahead of the Chiefs. At this point, it makes sense to just... If the Chiefs are what, plus 650, you said? I think it was 600, but yeah. If you bet on them plus 600, in the next six years, probably going to, like, you bet them every year for six years, they're going to, you make your money back, right? Imagine. I would, I would think <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. It seems, yeah. seems like you'd more than make your money back. Um, all right. Well, we have all of the summer to talk about what next season looks like. Here's a question Hank threw in there. Um, I'm interested in this, although I have no idea who the person he wants me to throw into the question is, so I'm not going to ask it that way. What are the odds that the NFL, as they do every offseason when they rethink the yeah. rules, throws out the like, yeah, we're all allowed to just bush-push the guy into the end zone for the first down? Or oh, no, that, that is certainly going to be on the discussion for next season, for, uh, for the rules proposal. I, I don't... There seems like a lot of that going on in the game. Let's talk about Rihanna, please. All right, Rihanna. So, unbelievable performance. Uh, I'm not willing to debate that. Okay. Um, where does it rank all time over under three and a half? Oh, I don't know the all time. Can I just say, though, my daughter, her takeaway from the performance was, uh, my daughter has an obsession with a body part, and her takeaway from the performance was of the body part, and it was funny as can be. And um, my daughter's six and a half. And uh, she was dancing, like trying to mimic the backup dancers the entire 15 minutes. Yep. She was having the time of her life during the concert. Um, it was, uh, people were like upset. She just, we're just saying her best seven songs. Like, what do you expect her to do? She's seven months pregnant, it looked like, right? I mean, seven months, eight months. Like she's, she's batting her ass off up there. I loved it. Yeah. Did you have this awkward moment in your house? When, uh, like a song or two in? <laughs> Did any guy go, um, am I allowed to ask, is she, and my wife was like, it's okay to ask. Yes. <laughs> I think she probably is pregnant. And I was like, okay, just, I, I mean, didn't, I, I didn't know what, what was allowed. Wasn't, the, wasn't like the highlight of the outfit to show that off? 
Like, wasn't that part of Yes, what... but you never know. And none of us could remember how long ago she had her last child. So we weren't sure. But, you know, obviously women's bodies change after pregnancy, the whole thing. Well, of we course. I thought say. it was like very obvious that like, that was the highlight of like her look was like that. I have the, like I'm up there on stage with this. Like I'm rocking out. And like she wasn't moving at all. Like that was a giveaway too, yeah. right? She just stood kind of in one spot. I was worried like how protected she felt on the riser like she was attached early yeah. on to the riser and they unattached her i don't know if they attached her back for the the end of the, of the of the performance but i was like what liability do they have if this thing falls down yeah. no, I, I was a little well, worried about that i was thinking those about those like that. super mario brother level things were awesome the whole performance was great the fact that she is however many months pregnant and nobody knew and she still performed at that level is outrageous i'm not to answer the question though jeff we need to decide if it's a top three performance ever obviously people are going to bring up beyonce as a you know competitor to that i i mean last last year was one of my favorites because i like i think last year was a bit more for the dudes but i think this would be more popular overall i i still go back to bruce springsteen now 15 or so years ago and obviously people talk about you you would be a bruce guy that makes that makes sense and then people talk about prince i don't remember that we should make hank look it up for next podcast we should we can watch all super bowl halftime performances and give us a a definitive list of prince doing purple rain in the rain is going to be your number one no that that was that was up there as well i just love how angry these performances make some people on the internet. They do. It's just the best. Yeah. Like, like they hate it so much and they watch the whole thing. Yeah. And they get in their Twitter box and they like, uh, the, Satan is, uh, is upon us and they're the twerking of the women on stage and it's ruining our children. And meanwhile, our kids are having like the best time of their life watching this 15 minute concert. Dude, like, look at this. Like, as you brought it up. So, you you know, we talk about my kids from time to time. They had a buddy over. Obviously, I had four kids, five and under, at my house. Okay. How much, how often do you think even one of them was focused on anything happening on the screen? Zero. Except we're on, except the halftime show. This is what it looked like at halftime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's watching. Yeah. Locked in. Well, I, had, I had my two kids and, our, and their cousin over. By the way, post bedtime, they went to bed at halftime because it was like day 45 and it's school night. Mm-hmm. Chiefs second half 24-11 after the kids went to bed. Interesting. Ooh, a little superstition. I went I went downstairs and watched the rest of the game. Up, yeah, I went. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, like the, it was a good show, man. Like it. Look, I, it's funny because I in Miami when I was at the game, J Lo and, Sh- and Shakira performed, and it stunk in the stadium. Like you couldn't, like you couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything. Um, I wonder if the performance last night was any good in the stadium. The performance is not really for the people there. It's for the TV audience. It's the TV performance. Uh, speaking about TV performance, Greg Olson was great. Again, fantastic. And um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about Yeah, I can't. We can't talk about the other thing. Um, but I think he keeps that job for a long time. I, I don't know how you replace him. I obviously hope so for a number of different reasons. It's like Brock Purdy. Like, what do you, what else can the guy do? Like, he, He's done everything he's been asked to do and more. He's totally impressed people. Uh, if they decide to change the plan, all right. But he's been great. Those little things he says, like during the broadcast, that I think are so important. And even him disagreeing with with the call at the end, like good. Like yeah. he, I might disagree with Greg. Like yeah, I thought it was a holding. Whatever. I mean, but at least like someone's willing to be like that was wrong. Yeah. And like. I, in, in my prayer, God, I was like, yeah, that's a penalty. And Greg's like, ah, I wouldn't call that. Like, that to me is honest. I'll take honest, man. 
instead of like uh, Jim, uh, 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 yeah. like is it just Greg's being honest? And this again, this little things he says throughout the game about the personnel. By the way, that commercial they ran where they told where they had us with the channel changed yeah. was, was was BS. Yeah, was BS. They ran a commercial telling us to change the channel. Why would you? Why would? Why would you do that? Yeah, no, that that one confused the hell out of everyone. It reminded me of the Sopranos, you know series finale where everyone was confused i i didn't watch any commercials did you pay attention i did pay attention i thought there were some smiles it's obvious that the commercials are now i'm I'm now in the demographic that the commercials are meant for yeah you know so like people from my youth callbacks to movies i grew up on i actually don't like it i like don't touch caddyshack i don't i don't want that yeah i didn't like when they messed around with caddyshack i love ben stiller as much as anyone on earth does I don't really need Zoolander jokes, man. Zoolander's fine. Don't don't bring Zoolander into this. I didn't love any of the commercials. Um, there's one we could talk about offline. I don't want to bring up right now. Um, they got my attention. I don't. I don't, know, uh, I don't know what that was. Um, oh well, yeah. yeah, those those ones, yeah. Um, there were a, there were a couple uh, things I didn't know we needed to advertise for in this country anymore, but apparently we do. I mean, I, um, that is, can I go back to Greg for yes, one more please. second? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have a th- I have a theory okay. on this, and I think this is why I think you'd be great in the booth as well. At the end of the day, obviously you need to be a good broadcaster. You need to do your research. You, you need a certain level of cachet. You know, Greg ha- Greg yeah, yeah. has all this. Thing. But ultimately, what Greg is great at is he's just freaking passionate. Yeah. So when he like. When uh, was it McKinnon was running towards the end zone? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, you gotta get down, you gotta get down. Like he's he sounds like you know the coordinators and position coaches sounded in the headset. You know, like he just loves football, and he could nobody would ever accuse him of having a rooting interest or being biased. He just loves football being played the right way, and that's hard to do when you've been at this job for fifteen years. That's why Greg's great. Yeah, the little quirks about the game get him really excited still. Yeah. That's what Romo had year one. People loved that. <laughs> yeah. I just saw this tweet. The the Chris Berman, Abe Lincoln thing was just, did you see the, the hear the Abe yeah, Lincoln thing? Yeah, I did. And that was dumb and I don't want to defend it. But did you watch him in post game? No. Well, I watched some of the post game. But it reminds me, my wife is related to Abe Lincoln by like, seven relatives removed. And it's the oh. funniest thing of all time because she like tells the story like, yeah, like Colonel Johnston was, was like Abe Lincoln's stepfather from his fourth mother. And like, we're, yeah, I'm like related to Colonel Johnston. I'm like, hun, that doesn't mean you're related to Abe Lincoln. There's like some like yeah. long convoluted. And that was, that reminded me of her trying to explain like sneaking Abe Lincoln to like any discussion about lineage was, was Chris Berman being like, what, what, like what? I don't know why he went for it. I, it, it was like, not the right reference. Like, you, just, oh, and, I mean, he just was... Hey, go look it up. If you aren't sure why Jeff's like giggling mess right now, look it up. I shouldn't laugh that hard. We should celebrate what he was talking about, not with the Lincoln reference. It was a great, it was a great historic night for for Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Any final words about the Super Bowl? Well, I think it's funny that Elon Musk tweeted "Go Eagles" and then deleted it. That's just funny. I just love everything about that caricature. Uh, I hate the media sitting with Rupert Murdoch the whole game. All right, like, come on, buddy. Just, yeah. It's just, it's just, he's just a character on 
on Twitter. It's the only place. Let me get a couple more semi-serious football yeah. questions out of the way because then it, we'll take a little break here. I won't see you for a little bit. All right, last few off-seasons, we've talked a lot about Eric Bieniemy, and we are at times being surprised he wasn't getting certain jobs. Andy Reid seems to go out of his way to praise him yesterday. He obviously, his unit did a lot of great things, very well coached second half. Does Bieniemy get enough credit, and is this the year he gets a big job? Well, I mean, the jobs are filled, right? I mean, the Colts filled their job, supposedly. Arizona's left, and it looks like... But if the Colts, I mean, the Colts could back out of supposedly offering... The way out coached guy from the Eagles. Well, the Eagles offensive coordinator, not not the defense coordinator. The Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Shikin. And then it looks like the Cardinals are hiring either the defense coordinator of the Eagles or defense coordinator of the Bengals. I don't know why he won't get a job, man. I've talked about it before. That makes sense. You know the excuse of he doesn't call plays. Well, Matt Nagy didn't call plays. Doug Peterson didn't call plays. He should. Okay. I don't know. He's two-time Super Bowl champion now. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else he has to do. There's nothing else to prove. And and Andy seemed to be doing everything he could to show this. He guy always matters. he always is. Yeah. He had his arm around him. He's right there the whole time. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is apparently maybe by the time people hear this will have been traded to the Jets. A lot of things have to happen before that. I don't want to talk about this all offseason. If Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, are they relevant? Yeah. Nah, they're not. I'm going to try my best to not talk about Aaron Rodgers ever anymore. That was a trick question. They're not. I'll let him argue with my brother on social media. I like it when he does that. All right, last one. Good find by Hank. Uh, tweet from a guy named Brett Hanfling. He took a picture on a, on a flight where everyone on the flight is obviously watching the Super Bowl. Except what? Oh, oh yeah. What what movie would you watch instead of the Super Bowl? Jeff? Um, okay, so Shawshank Redemption for sure. All right. Um, Devil Wears Prada talked about one of my favorites. Um, <clears throat> I got to throw in like Pitch Perfect, maybe. Pitch you know, be perfect. A, little, yeah. a little entertainment value there, a little singing and dancing. Oh, Den of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Den of Thieves. A little action there. Um, no, that was that was so funny, dude. Everyone and then this guy just watching Hitch. You would probably watch Fletch. No, stop it with that shit. I don't like Fletch. I'm anti Fletch. You get us. Did you watch a new one with John Hamm? No, I didn't watch the new one with John Hamm. <laughs> but why? Well, no disrespect to John Hamm, but a movie I already thought was slow and not funny with Chevy Chase. You're gonna put someone less funny than Chevy Chase in? Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, I mean, it's for you. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, it's been nice talking football with you every uh, every Monday and Tuesday this football season. Yes, it's we'll been continue a, a it year. at some at some games. You deserve a little bit of a break, right? Maybe maybe uh, not two a week for the next few weeks. We'll, uh, we'll, soon enough. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll talk off. All right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got. Okay. I'm going to New York this week. Got some things happening. Uh, by things happen, I mean nothing. Just continuing to work. No, that sounds really cool when you say like I got things. In, I got things in the hopper. No, nothing. Um, all right, guys, please uh, rate, review, subscribe. We will uh, be back next week. Great end of the year, man. Great Super Bowl. Uh, great season. And we'll uh, we'll cover the draft coming up and uh, XFL this weekend. Mm. Yeah, I'm not covering that, but I'm also not watching that. I want to keep my marriage. So, all right, guys, have a great week. Please uh, leave a review if you would like. I always appreciate getting some feedback. All right, take care, everybody. Bye.